When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Distant Potters. Happy Friday. Happy part two day. If you are looking for part one of this week's Social Distant Sports Bar podcast, you need to go up on your feed or down on your feed. I don't know which way. It depends which way. It depends on the settings you've got on your phone, if I'm honest, and on your app. It might be the one below. It might be the one above. I don't know. I don't, I don't run your phone. Okay, I'd, I'd like to, because then I could just click on subscribe all the time, give us five-star ratings on the Apple thing, and we'd go through the roof. But it's, it's perfectly fine, all right? So go back and listen to part one first is what I'm trying to say. If you would like to see us live, we have two live shows coming up in November. We are doing the 4th of November in the Clapham Grand. It is part of the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival. Click on the link in the episode description or search for the Cheerful Earful Festival and have a look at what else they've got going on. It is a very, very fun podcast festival going on over a couple of days in the Clapham Grand. We are part of that. Feel free to have a look at what else they've got on and go along to a few other things. We're on at 2.30 on the Saturday afternoon, which means we get a chance to hang out with whoever comes along afterwards. We'll go to the pub. There are loads of live gigs that you will go to, and they will have a VIP experience as part of it. And you can pay, I don't know, 50 quid more to go and meet people who are performing on stage. We, we don't do that. We just tell you where we're going to the pub afterwards. We're missing out on cash, but who cares? Just come along to that gig and we will have upwards, I, I, actually downwards of four beers. Mike might have upwards of that. Ellis might have upwards of that probably going to stick to a four-beer limit because we have got Sunday, November the 5th, we are live in Wrexham at the William Aston Hall in Wrexham. Sunday evening entertainment for you. November the 5th, we will be live there with Humphrey Kerr joining us, comedian and uh, man in charge at Wrexham along with Ryan and Rob at Wrexham FC. So if you are a Wrexham football fan, head along to it. This is part of the Wrexham Comedy Festival as well. So have a search for that. Have a look at what else they are doing. I know Humphrey's heavily involved in that project. So have a look at that. See what else is on offer that weekend. But crucially, come and see us Sunday, November the 5th. We are live in Wrexham. Saturday, November the 4th, we are live at the Clapham Grand. Come and join us. Come and watch us. Come and have fun and you will be amongst like-minded people. Right, it is time for part two of this week's Socially Distant Sports Bar. This is a paid advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, we all carry around lots of different sort of stress moments, whether it's like big or small. It could be as huge as 
am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Or, you know, I'm, I'm ill, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about that because I don't want to make them feel stressed about it as well. Or, you know, it could be just as, something as small as, how am I going to get to school pickup in time? I've got a meeting. How do I change that? How do I move that? I forgot to cancel that. And lots of the time we keep it bottled up. And whether it's big or small, it can really start to affect us negatively. And therapy is kind of a safe space to get those things off your chest. So whether it's like coming up with plans to to organize your life a little bit better or whether it's just having someone to talk to about those things you don't want to stress out your mates or your family with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You will be matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash distant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash distant. Do you know lyrics to stuff? Oh, thousands. Like, or are you no, kind of uh, yeah. something, something? Swansea City. I mean, I know about th- maybe yeah. 20% of the words of that song. And every now and then I Google it. I reckon I know the words to a good couple of thousand songs. Mm. Like, a, like wow. I, have a, I have a very, very strange, you know, theme tunes. What's your default when you lose it, though? When you lose track of the lyrics? You would and then get back into it. Yeah, I might do um, John Redwood. Or just move, move him off a bit for a couple of lines and then get back into it. Yeah, nice, nice. But I just, I do yeah. know, and weird stuff. Yeah. And I don't know how, though. I don't know how, because, it, because in an age before the internet, when I was listening to, consuming most of my music, I might only hear a track four mm. times on the radio. But then I hear it 40 years later and know all the words to it. It's weird. Yeah, that worries me sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, 90s indie. You get a track that comes on, and you're like, I know every single word of this. Yeah, how do I know all the words of this? Yes. How, I mean, I obviously listen to it loads, but how much of my brain? Why Why is that? I can look brain? at, like, um, oh, if, if on BBC 4, BBC 3, wherever it is, then it'd be, like, Top of the Pops, 987. Mm. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll know, I'll know all the words yeah. of all those songs. And when they do the, the top 40 yeah. count, I go, I know that, 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 I know that. Yeah. Yeah, mad. Documentary for this episode. My turn, my turn. Is yours. Yeah, it is. Right, the NFL season's back upon us. NFL films do some amazing stuff. Netflix do some amazing stuff. So Netflix got a series out now called Quarterback, which follows uh, Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes, and Kirk Cousins. So the uh, the, the Falcons, the Chiefs, and the uh, Vikings. Sorry about that. I was just sort of thinking about it. Top man. I love this series. It's so good. It's so well made. They're 45-minute episodes. Mm. I think we should pick a clip from number three. Because it's the one, the Kings of, Kings of Pain, which is probably my favourite one of the series. They're all brilliant. Yeah. But this is episode three of the quarterback series on Netflix. This is the Kings of Pain. Most of my body work centres around trying to get rid of inflammation so that my joints don't ache and I don't feel the aches and pains of the daily grind. Monday morning, I usually get into the cold tub to ice my lower body. Probably 50-something. The goal is to go numb as fast as possible. I used to just go up to my knees, but... I had to go up to the ribs. 
That's a bruise. Got some bruises on my arm from the game most recently. Back in Michigan, I'll go into Lake Michigan sometimes when it's cold and say it's just like the world's largest cold tub. There's games where you think, man, this has to be the worst job alive. Where you're just standing in there and you can't even brace yourself for these hits. The key for me is not just being able to survive a game or the hits of a game. The challenge is, can you come back six days from now and do it again? And then can you do it again and again and again for an entire season? Playing quarterback, it is a violent sport, and I think guys understand that. Marcus took a big shot when he got to the end zone. I know what I signed up for, but the best way to describe it is getting in a car accident every weekend. Dang, that was a hard tackle, ouch. Just imagine getting hit like that every time. Wait, wait. I'm a big compliment guy. They get close to me. Hey, great rush, dude. Good rush, Anand. I spent an awful lot of time online getting agitated about people slagging out American football, right? I, I love, I love the yeah. game. I love the players. If you are one of the people that still thinks that American footballers are weak or that they, for some reason, wearing helmets and a pad makes you a sissy. impervious to injury and a sissy, right? I highly recommend you watch it, episode three of Quarterbacks, because the, yes. the abuse they get, the physical abuse mm. is fucking... Mm. Unbelievable. Agreed. Well, in the first episode, in the first minute, someone, I can't remember who it is, but says, um, I think it's the toughest position in sport. Is it Manning? Yeah, I think it might be Peyton Manning, actually. I generally think, I know I'm, I'm biased, but I do think quarterback is the hardest position in any sport. I can't think of another sport where you have to be so switched on mentally. Like the playbooks are vast. Mm. You have to know yeah. the playbook inside out, number one. You don't do that, mm. you're not going any further anyway. Yeah. There's then the skill of throwing a football. And the one yes. when you're playing against the best defenders in the world, the skill of throwing that football is is incredible. There's the deception. If you if you can if you can't fake a run, you're not going to go anywhere. So there's there's the sort of there's the deception side of it. There's the, the mechanics of like the of the handoff and the snap. There's the there's the unbelievable skill of throwing the the ball accurately and, and with power and with speed. The bit that gets overlooked a lot is how much punishment quarterbacks get. And because yeah. you're in a position where, it's not like in rugby where, if I'm playing with the two of you in a game of rugby, I can you know, I can see the contact come in, I give the ball to, to Stefan, you know, and then he, he gives the ball to Al, right? In football, if you're a quarterback, you know that unless you get the ball away very quickly, or it's a running play, you are going to get hit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, you're not yeah. just gonna, and you're going to get crunched not, by someone massive yeah. who's good at crunching people. And you're not just going to get hit. You're going to be in a vulnerable position. That's the bit for me. You'll have thrown the ball. Your entire rib cage will be, will be showing. You're not braced for contact because you're not you're not you're not yes. a running back dipping a shoulder into it. You're no. not a receiver who can who can juke and, and get inside. You have to mm. you have to plant yourself, throw the ball, and you are going to get drilled. The equivalent of all of these hits. So if you think about the body position of just having thrown something in rugby, it's like when someone throws a ball too high for a centre and they catch it with their arms up in the air. A hospital pass. It's called that for a reason. Yeah, ex exactly. And they get much. But every single tackle 
is a hospital yes. pass. And you're not equivalent. You're yes. not getting yes. tackled by a centre who's got to play 80 minutes. You're getting no. tackled by a defensive no. end who's playing a whole game in 15-second bursts, who's probably 22 stone. Yes, exactly. Six foot four. He runs a 40-yard dash in under five seconds. He's got a helmet on and shoulder pads, which fucking hurt. You get you get hit with a helmet on a, mm. on a pair of shoulder pads. Th- that hurts. You, you just think, well, the, the, the pads argument is nullified by the other guy having <laughs> yeah, pads. Exactly. For me. Do people still make the argument, the pads argument? That's like a sort of 80s argument, isn't All it? All the time, mate. Oh, God. It's, and I can't be honest. No, but it does happen all the time. Those people, those people catch. wouldn't last a second. I tell you where the worst ones are these days. And it's not the, it used to, it used to be the crusty old rugby types, right? You get yeah. a lot of Southern Hemisphere people slagging it up. Okay. Comparing it to AFL or league. Comparing yeah. it, yeah. And I think, well, okay. You won't find any of those players who play in the AFL or play in the NRL saying that people who play in the NFL are soft because they know what it's like. They're yes. athletes and they appreciate it. So there's, there's that side of it. So I, I, love, I love the physicality. I love the, how brave and how tough they are. There's then, God, the jealousy. I watch it and I just, even though they're getting the punishment they get, I mean, I'm racked with jealousy. I watch that. The stadiums are incredible. Like that Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They're just incredible places to work, right? And then if you look at the training facilities, they are they yeah. are next level. And there's people there that... And then all the top players, like Mahomes, like Cousins, like Mariota, you'll, you'll have a team of people that work with you, some that you employ, some that the club will employ. So like Mariota's there, and he's got his mate from back in the day from high school is now his personal chef. So you've got some of them making your meals every day. Mm. Cousins is there. People come around and do his chiropractic and do this and that and the other. Your whole life is dedicated to, to what you want to do. But it makes you realize how tough the game is and, and how you, you see all the stuff that they go through and they build towards that 17-week season the rest of the year. Right? You can do all that. You can train 50 hours a week and you can, you can have the best team in the world behind you. You can have the best coaches. You can have the best rehab, the best of everything. And you can make, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you can make $500 million, right? He still lost yeah. the first game of the season. Is that what he's made? He still lost the first game of the season to Detroit because they're yeah. doing that as well. And he's still angry about it as well. And what I love about people like this, and this is what I said about Johnny Wilkinson earlier, and they, on the end of episode three, they mentioned it because it's all about the, 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 you know, the physical abuse you get playing quarterback and the bruises and the bloody dislocations and the broken bones and everything. And they just say, well, you've got to stay fit and you've got to stay as, as uh, you've got to look after yourself because you love playing the game. Yeah. And they all love it. They all seem to genuinely love playing football. And I don't think people always talk about the money in football, in American football, in, in whatever the sport might be, you know? Yeah. Whatever, if Patrick Mahomes just parked the bus tomorrow, that 500 yes. million is guaranteed. That's the, so his new contract is 52 million a year, isn't it? Over six, yeah. <laughs> but that's over six, it's a, it's a 10 year contract. Dollars though. Uh, yeah, I don't I think know. So, I think it's a, well, as, soon as, you, as soon as you get into 52 million, I couldn't care less. So he could, he could just turn up and punch, his, and punch the punch a clock and he's going to get that. That's guaranteed yeah. money. Right, you don't go through that all day, every day. Like uh, Mahomes' wife says, it's like being in a car crash every week. You don't yeah. do that unless you love the game. Because why would you? Unless you love winning and you love competing and you love playing, you just take the money, wouldn't you? Sit in your ass. Considering yes. the pressure they're under and the scrutiny they're under and how famous they are, because they are superstars. Mm. Absolutely, you know, it doesn't need saying really, but they are beyond famous. They're so normal. They're so nice. And they're so nice. And I, and humble. I was watching the train session in episode one. And is it Mahomes who's expecting a, he's expecting a baby? He's just talking to his coaches and they're all like, oh, are we going to have a girl? 
it's it's far less alpha than I expected mm, it to be. Definitely, that's true. Have you watched things like Any Given Sunday and and um, f- f- there's a lot of NFL films which we've watched for Michael Owen's Movie Club. It's a far more normal workplace than I expected, and they come yeah. across as far more normal and humble than I'd ex- anticipated. And I really like I really liked all three of them. Mahomes is an interesting one because he's just so naturally gifted. Mm. And mm. at one point, one of the commentators says, I think he's the best player to have ever played the game. Even if he's the 10th best player to have ever played the game, he still has natural talent that is beyond almost anyone ever. And, and uh, Whereas Kirk Cousins, I think, has to work a little bit harder about it. And he takes himself, he doesn't, I wouldn't say he takes himself more seriously, he takes the game more seriously because I think he doesn't have Mahomes' natural flair. Well, Mahomes mentions in, th- in three. That's fair. When she is personal trainer there. Um, so he does all the stuff with the team. Then he's doing all his, his workout. When they, they split them into A days, B days, and C days, right? Hmm. Um, so A is like basically just recovering. B is is looking at functionality. C is going flat out, full speed, as yeah. well as the team, team stuff. But he's been with that. He's been with that personal trainer since fourth grade, since he was nine years of age. Yeah. Because his old man was a professional baseball player. Mahomes, everyone thought was going to be he was a hell of a pitcher. Like he, he could have played in the major leagues for baseball. So, so yeah, his yeah. old man had money and he understand, understands how the game works and knows what it what you need to do to get to the top in, in athletics. Imagine working with a personal trainer, the same personal trainer for 20 years, since you were like nine years of age. Yeah. yeah. The physicality and the sort of manoeuvrings of a quarterback I've not seen before. It's fascinating. That, that really interested me. So the I had always in my head had it as similar to boxing in that it sort of came from below and everything moved. Mm. But the way that they describe it is, is sort of more lower back twists yeah. into, and, and he's got, he's got the same range of motion on both sides, Mahomes. Yeah. And that was fascinating because they said there's normally a 20% difference, even at elite level quarterbacks. In so he has a natural to... gift effectively that makes him an even better exactly. quarterback. Yeah. yeah. In ep three, yeah. when they're showing the training days with his trainer. Oh, By the end of it, when he's doing running those zigzags full speed, and he's got that weird sort of, almost like a landmine press, that sort of pivoted bar he uses. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, my God, I would absolutely love. Imagine that. Imagine if, you, imagine if your life was with your mates, but you're, you're eating the best food, you've got the best, you've got the best care, you've got the best attention. Yeah. You're working with the best trainers in the best facilities, and you come out in front of 85,000 yeah. people in the best stadiums. My God, what a fucking... No well, one, they don't want to it, give it up. Well, in episode yeah. one, right at the end, he wins the game because he sidesteps all these players and he's got this really cute sort of dinked pass and they score a touchdown and they win right to the death. And at the end, when he's in the changing room, he's telling all his teammates what he well, he's did. He's buzzing, isn't he? He's buzzing, but he's like any 11-year-old yeah. who's just yeah, like I was there. in a football... <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then yeah, I did I this, and then I did that, and then I realised that he was yeah. there, and I just dinked it to her, and then we scored. It was amazing. But but I also like that he gets the order of it wrong as well. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Still, he's still a boastful lad. So he says, and then I said, yeah, look at me, look at me. And then the next player threw the touchdown. He's like, no, you didn't. It was the other way around. You threw the touchdown, and then you went, look at me. Yeah. Look at that guy. <laughs> he's like, no, no, that's not how it worked. Because I can see it on the film. The amount of painkillers they must be on, though. Oh, yeah. Because you talk to footballers like soccer players, they're all on pinklers all the time because they're always constantly carrying knocks and sore. Well, Cousins, so I'm a Green Bay fan, right? So really, you shouldn't want... It's like watching mm. Australia, Fiji. I should have wanted Australia to win. I was wondering what you would think. Yes. It would have been good for Wales. But I wanted Fiji to win, yeah. so I really like them. 
Same with Kirk Cousins. He's, a, he's the Vikings quarterback. They're the division rivals of the Packers. Mm. And I, like I said, after the first one of these, I said, my God, I shouldn't I shouldn't like Kirk Cousins as much as I do. Yeah. But a likable mm. bloke. Everything about Likeable family. The fam, the wife, he's so yeah. down to earth. Like, you know, when she, the, the wife dresses him. She just goes and gets his stuff. He'll wear whatever. He yeah, yeah, and she buys clothes from Target. Yeah. <laughs> he just went, I haven't got time for fashion. It's just not my thing. You know, I it's love like that. Zlatan Ibrahimovic being dressed in M&S. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But so, that, <laughs> so the other side of it is that you, you are fabulously wealthy for it. You know, you don't mm. get a lot of time to spend in those places because you're out all the time doing other stuff. But that, yeah. that house he's got up on Lake Michigan, Cousins now, beautiful mm. house. Right, isn't it? Yeah. Stunning. Very yeah. him. Very sort of looks like almost like a New, New England sort of house, like a Stephen King novel. Like a little yeah, yeah. big old house oh, nice. on the lake. Yeah, yeah. Well, then his this is his personality for tea. He's got what I dream of having in that. He's got that, like a false, so he's got the house built for him. As you push this book mm. cabinet open, this bookshelf, you're in the trophy room, and there's all his jerseys mm. and his signed photographs yeah. and his helmets and his... Yeah, and his, I've, I found that bit really weird. Well, I tell you what I loved it. <laughs> is any bloke who's played... What, what, what would you put in your trophy room, Mike? <laughs> yeah, what have you got there? Stuff out, Most improved player in the year, Mike, <laughs> Trophies I've made. <laughs> I don't yeah. need trophies. This is the BAFTA I made. Signatures I forged. It's really... I thought, I thought it was really enduring. It was really endearing, I should say, and made me like Kirk Cousins even more. Because, of course, he's played on all these teams. And if you're... Like you said about last week, if you, if you play in the Premier League, even if you're not very good, you're better than almost mm. everybody else. So yes, he would have been, but he would have been the best player in his high school and his college. And, yes, uh, a little bit of a not a journeyman in the NFL, but it wasn't like he was a big marquee quarterback straight away. Yeah, no, absolutely. Stripes. Yeah, but his personality being what it is, if that was me, you'd have to walk through that fucking room to get into my house. Right, that that'd be my entrance <laughs> lobby. <laughs> just just with a hologram of me at the end of it, with, like in Coachella. Ah. Oh. That'd be I'd great. Love that. A hologram of your greatest hits. A hologram of me scoring touchdowns in the front garden it would be. And then he walk, got to walk through my trophy <laughs> cabinet to get there. For him, he's got like this hidden room, which you wouldn't even yeah. know was there. But he can go in there and put all his memorabilia in there. And Was it the letter from his dad when he was his dad coached him? Is that Am I thinking of the right thing? He did it for all the players that he coached where he wrote down what they were good at and what they could work on. Yeah, Mike Singletary was one of his, was one of his high school coaches as well. That's it. He said, if you give it to any of the scouts who scouted me or any of my coaches now, they would go, yeah, those are the things you're good yeah. at. And those are the things you need to work on. And I thought that was really interesting, really fascinating. And I do love a, I, I do love a good American Christian boy who won't swear. Yes. He's like, ooh, Absolutely. golly. Yeah. yeah. Golly, that hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, gosh, darn yeah. it. Gosh, gosh, man, that's a big hit. The three of them swear far less than you would expect. Completely. Someone was crunching Mm. me like that, I would swear like a fucking dog. (laughs) Come, you cunt. Fucking hell. Fuck's sake. You fucking mad, you cunt. Ow. (laughs) Golly, that hurts. Gosh. He overthrows a pass. Yeah. And the receiver misses it. And Mm. the old crowd goes, oh. And he sort of goes, Ah, shoot. He's like, come on, man. (laughs) Shoot. Express yourself. Fuck's sake. Yeah, just really likable blokes. Mm. I found the back, the behind the scenes stuff fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I like that more than the game edits. I'll be honest. There are a couple of the game edits which were too long. Yeah. For me, and it kind of lost me a little the bit. The training bits, the rehab bits. Yeah, Loved all love that. that. I love watching people train. Yeah. I think I, I occasionally think I prefer watching people train to actual games. I think I do. Yeah. I find the process I- of getting a top sports person I find it fascinating. To the, to the, oh. to the top of their game. Yeah. Absolutely. 
compelling. There's a bit where they're sort of sorting cousins out with the, the Cairo and, and the, the sports masseuse there, right? And you sort of think, listen, yeah. look, when he's in the rehab pool and that, the, you know, yeah, trying yeah. to get the lactic doesn't out. doesn't look on. ripped. No, he doesn't look ripped. But then oh. they need to be functional. It has to be usable. Whatever you've got yeah. needs to be usable. Yeah, yeah. When they sort of get yeah. him in the throwing motion with his top off, he looks like a Greek statue then. I'm yes. Thinking, yeah. What? Okay, I get it now. This is mm. all, everything you've got is about throwing a football. And when you're in that pose, yeah. you look the business. Yeah, absolutely. If that was a statue, you it, you would just know exactly what that person was going to do. They must mm. be physically in pieces at the end of their careers, though. Well, I said the average career is three years. Yeah. Which is mad. But then Mahomes saying that when he was, when, no, sorry, Cousins saying, was it, was it Mahomes? No, it was Cousins. When he was at the, when he was at the Commanders, talking to mm. a player, a teammate of his who was still playing at 36 and saying, oh, yes. I was there for the last three years of his career. And I saw that all the stuff he did outside of training with the physios, yeah. with the with the chefs, yeah, yeah. with the chiros, with this. Oh, absolutely. There, there isn't a single, you hear you know, 40-year-old footballers or, you know, whatever it might be, Buffon or Ibrahimovic, mm. uh, people like that who kind of last the full length. Of the like They're all ones who are early adopters of, yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah. Early adopters of whether you want to call it yoga or whether you want Pilates to call it extreme was stretching thing, and Pilates. Yeah, exactly. All of that stuff. Yeah, Giggs was into Pilates. Yeah, and the hot yoga way before mm. it was a thing. All of those people adapt and adopt stuff. Otherwise, they're not going to do it. They don't also, get that length of career by accident. Another thing I loved about it, and, and it was interesting for Mahomes to actually admit it. When they're mic'd up and whatever, you know, he ain't nice, mm. nice rush, dog, nice hit, dog. All that sort of stuff. Yes. There's always much less animosity on the field than there is in the stands. Because you, that is you understand the, the mechanics of the game. You know, especially there, that you could very well be playing for that team next year. Your team could move. You could be in that city next year, right? So it's such a small, tiny percentage of players in, in America that end up playing the NFL. Yes. So you're, there is like this camaraderie and brotherhood, which you're right. It, it, when you see films about it, they do sort of play up the the vicious nature of it. And it's not, it isn't like that. Because you realize that, that if, if you're going to take a cheap shot and blow someone's knee out, your own team thinks yeah. you're a wanker. The bit that stuck in my mind where, where he's really frank and honest, yeah. which I love in docs, is my home saying, I don't just do that because I, I appreciate their effort. You know, if I can get them on my side, they won't try to hurt me. And, the, yeah. and there's the one fellow sort of pushes him out of bounds and doesn't hit him. And he, he taps yeah. him on the shoulder pads and he goes, appreciate that, dog. You know? Yeah. Because he could have drilled him and he didn't. And there's a bit in the first episode where they're playing the Raiders, I think. And his, well, not his opposing number. Who's the person who's charged with tackling a quarterback? Defensive end, usually. Defensive, the defensive end. Right? The defensive end is trying to Vinnie Jones him and yes. intimidate him. Yeah. So he's going into him late and at one point he, he punches him in the arm. Yeah. Yeah. And Mahomes loses his temper. And at the end of the game, I mean yeah. they've they've been at each other all all all, all through the through the match. You think to yourself that surely this animosity is gonna carry on into the tunnels of Pizzagate style like Arsenal and yeah, yeah. where those players genuinely did hate each other. And they're like, hey, and he says, You know I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, I ne- I never knew about that side of it. But the respect between quarterbacks, I'd never thought of before either. Yeah, because you don't play against each no, other. No, at all. that's you, a good. But point. they're the only ones who know what you do. So there's a bit. Is, is it Brady who he talks to at the very start yeah. of the doc, sort of, and he just goes, you know, you, they'd lost the game. And he's went, you're a legend, man. You know, love what you do. Yes, yeah. Well, he talks to him in three, and he says, you don't play in the NFL at 45 without looking. At it. That's his his sort of gold standard is Tom Brady. 
Well, Aaron Rodgers is 39, isn't he? He's out for the mm. season, though, isn't he? For, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Those two are the outliers, aren't they? Yeah. Most most people don't carry on. They'll be in bits, won't they, by the time when they do eventually retire. Did you see the bar in Green Bay that were offering to oh, pay for everyone's yeah, drinks yeah. if the Jets lose? Yeah. And then, obviously, Rogers gets injured four minutes into the game. Everyone goes on the piss big time. I think they said they'd re- refund your bill. So what? as soon as, as, soon yeah, as Rogers so, yeah. got injured, everyone went nuts and bought tons of drinks. Yeah. And then the Jets start coming back and the atmosphere in the bar starts to dig yeah. and everyone realises they're going to have to pay Fuck. for the drinks at the end of the night. Such a funny clip. And they're doing news reports from there by the end oh, of it. Mad. But even that's so why we're watching the Hard Knocks thing this year, which is the Jets and, and Rogers. And I was going to, I didn't want to pick that or quarterback, but I love all the behind the scenes stuff of quarterback. But yeah, Rogers came across really well. And again, a bloke who looks after himself and it just, but it can change like I do football. Like that was the fourth snap of the game, yeah. I think. And he's out, he's probably out for the season. Did you see it as well? Yeah, it's Achilles, any kind of Achilles injury, I'm just fascinated by because it's the only time you sort of see a muscle completely contract. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You see, you see it kind of unhook. Poor Joe Allen. When that happened well, to him, playing for Storm. Yeah. When I did my bicep rupture, yeah. so the tendon came off the, the lower arm, and my whole bicep, in like half a second, just went whoop, up my arm, and was like under my shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Did you see it? Oh, yeah. Did you see it happen? Flat there. Blah. Yeah. Blah. And when I saw the, the ultrasound, you could see all the curled up, because the tension, it looked like a bungee rope had snapped, which is this curled up tendon. <laughs> yeah. And everything just, on my, on my, all my bicep muscles just, Stuck at the top. You never it. got that done, did you? No. So that's still is it still there? So how are you not in constant agony with you? How does your arm not? It, hurt? it just just it just knits back into place eventually. Just, What's it knitted into? The muscle underneath, that's the brachialis. So the ten the tendon would just have like Yeah, I suppose it just sort of ends up I suppose. Just sort itself out, doesn't it? It'll sort itself out. Like bodies do. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fine, it'll heal itself. I got a bicep there. Non functional, I would say. Oh, it still works a bit. I think I'd like both my biceps to work. Yeah. Maybe just at 50%. Oh, yes. Yeah. The tiny biceps I have, I would like to be marginally functional. But I would say if you're, it's like this, like the opposite of the ITV World, Rugby World Cup coverage. If you're even slightly on the fence about whether or not you'd like, you'd like to watch American football, this doc, because it's in 45 minute chunks, you'll watch the first one and give it a go. And think, oh, God, I will watch the second one then. Go on, I will watch the whole series and then I will watch the other yeah. one. Yeah. I back-to-back about four last night. I've got a curious relationship with NFL where, even though I think in general we're in a golden age for sports documentaries, I think NFL are probably the best ones. I think they're so well made. Mm. And I cannot really imagine watching a whole game. But if there's a documentary, I will gladly watch that because the amount of thought and effort and science that goes into getting those players ready for a game, Mm. Mm. it's... It's just it's unlike almost any other sport, I think. That, so that's they're the effectively fact. the best. They're they're the they're the they're the peak athletes in the peak condition, and they are right to the forefront of sports science and nutrition and everything. And I just and they're under such pressure. It, they're they're fascinating people, mm. and they're amazing stories, well told. There's a lot of research been done in a drive to survive. You know, sort of the F1 series, mm. and whether that actually pushes towards more people watching F1 or not. I think what they've discovered is that while it pushes a certain number of people to watch F1 more, what it does is push people to watch docu-series about sport more. And I think yeah. you, you, I think you're similar to that. You, yeah, you, yeah might end, you might have been a massive fan of NFL documentaries more than the game. But, yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. but never watch a live match. Yeah. No. 
But that's it. You can consider you. You would still have the cultural reference point of knowing who Mahomes is and what he does. The NFL don't mess around, right? They don't mess about. So L there, I, I love to hear that from L. That he's a, he's a he's a through he's a you know died in the world football fan, but he loves watching these dogs. Well, at some point in the future, like Josh Whitaker the other day, you know, I think I'm going to swing up support the Cincinnati Bengals. He's seen something, right? I heard him say that on the on the Parent in Hell. Yeah, we had a well, we had a little uh, little WhatsApp group from the the NFL thing that we did with him, me, like he sort of produced it, me and Tom Parry did it a couple of years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he's got into it now, right? That's funny. But like, he's like, Ellis, I don't think he would watch a full game. I don't know. Yeah. But they got that red zone you can watch on a Sunday where they'll just show the big, you know, the touchdowns and the big... And the- he said he liked the stripy helmets. Yeah, good, that's a good choice. No, that's why he's I chosen. I, from what I know about the club, I would be a Packers fan. Really? You know, because uh, of the story of the of the <laughs> town and I kind of, that's the one I would... It is the most socialist of any... I was always... F- 49ers as a kid. That was always the team I liked. So, yeah. Very glory huntery. Well, Mahomes lights up because when they got Montana in the, in the, in the show on the Jumbotron. Yeah. You, know, you could not like Joe Montana. Christ, he was brilliant. Uh, I, I was very much Montana Rice era of 49ers and just glory hunting it. I think I was dead right, though. I think if you watch these, at the very least, you'll love these documentaries. Mm. If you like sport as opposed to obsessively liking one sport and having yes. time for others. And those people exist. I think if you like sport in general, you cannot help but appreciate and admire them as athletes. Is there a, is there a women's version of the NFL? Is there a women's game? Not really. There's, there's, there are women's leagues, but it's not. Right. I mean, no. I think the NBA is probably the best one at that. Yeah. The WNBA yeah. is being pushed really heavily now. Yeah, women's college basketball is good, but yeah, but there's no real tradition of women playing American football because obviously you know you got women's rugby. There were girls in my school who went on to play for Wales with the mm. rugby, and it's yeah. quite a big thing now. And obviously women's football. I'm inter- I think the as the New York Times dropped its sports section. That's something I saw the other day. Yes, it has. What? Yeah, yeah, but partly because they own the athletic, the athletic stuff like that, right? Yeah, but but it doesn't leave you much apart so the bit you're saying there about if you're fully focused on one thing that's what the athletic is good for if yeah. you're fully focused on yeah. the rams you can just read about the rams yeah. and that will be your front page if you're into wider sports there's no coverage there now if you're athletics that's mad if you're like a commuter well take the, the deepest breath that you watched the other day one of the guys who's featured within that was a feature writer for the new york times and wrote about that story, and that's kind of how that documentary got made in the first place. If you're a commuter on the on the subway in New York, and you just you just buy in the paper, the New York Times, there's no Nothing. sport to read. No, there won't be that any sports in it. Absolutely incredible to me. It's it's fascinating. It's it's a um, and you think then about the industry generally because they were the first ones who really pushed the sort of online subscriptions. Yeah. So that side of the business, everyone sort of followed what they've done. I don't know if you can extrapolate too far, but I do wonder now whether that's going to happen a lot more where people go, right, okay, well, sports isn't what's bringing people into our subscription models. We focus on what is. That's what we do. And then do you lose an awful lot more written journalism? Don't know. Hope not. But I mean, we did a sport failure, Jan, didn't we? Oh, Christ. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't working for us. <laughs> the New York Times are copying us. Yeah. In fact, as soon as we bought in our subscription channel, that's when it went. <laughs> that's incredible. Yes, man. Mm. Right, it is book review time on the Socially Distant Sports Bar. Ellis James, it is your turn this week. 
My book of choice for this week is Touching Distance by James Cracknell, which I had to read because I interviewed him for an episode of How Do You Cope? And he's had a life like no one else, James Cracknell. And it's quite a difficult read, actually, because the first part of the book, he's talking about his training. So we all know about him winning gold at the 2000 Sydney Olympics in 2004 in Athens with the Coxus Fours. I've read countless sporting autobiographies and biographies now. But I think this is one of the best books I've ever read in terms of fully explaining how selfish a sports person is. Absolutely everything came second to rowing. So at one point, I think basically for, for almost all of his life, um, for, uh, certainly for his career as a rower, he was training seven days a week in the water, twice a day, and then he'd have one day off every seven weeks. So you can't, you cannot do anything else if you are a rower. It really is rowing, yeah. rowing, rowing. And then he quits or he retires. And then he starts undertaking these crazy challenges, which is really interesting because his wife at the time, I think, thought, great, I've got him now and we're going to spend time yeah. together. And his argument would be, well, listen, I'm going to row the Atlantic with someone I've never met before, but... That just means you won't see me for two months, but then you will see me for the other 10 months of the year. So actually it's better. You're up. And I know we've just had a baby, but it is only two months where I'm in the Atlantic, where I'm rowing on the Atlantic with a bloke. I don't know. That is better. That has to be better. You know, it's it's difficult to relate to someone. Kelly would not have gone. No, Izzy would have lost her mind. No? No. (laughs) So he keeps doing these crazy challenges because he's just looking for the next thing. He just, he... He is so bored when he's not in training for something. Now, I I interviewed him, and then I happened to meet him a couple of days later at a party. He's a really lovely bloke, but it's it's just the the way he sets himself these challenges, I don't have even 1% of that in my makeup. The thing that's really difficult to read, though, obviously, is uh, he had this awful accident. So he was trying to to row, run, and cycle across America, and then he got hit by a petrol tanker. So he was trying to cycle, row, run and swim from Los Angeles to New York within 18 days. So the accident happened at about up as five in the morning. And if he wasn't wearing a cycle helmet, he'd have died, right? So, and he had this horrific brain injury, which left him with epilepsy and a changed personality. So it's, it's very, very honest about the recovery. And the recovery just sounds so challenging for everyone. And I knew very little about brain injuries. So, so it's obviously it's very interesting reading about the brain injuries, but cry, <laughs> crikey, it's he he fits more in an hour than I've managed to fit into a lifetime. And is he still handsome? He should be really handsome as well, isn't he? He is still very, very handsome. Yeah. One of the patrons said um, they enjoyed our rant about James Haskell, and they said it really it really jarred them. So they only met him once, and it was at a at a function. Twicking him, and he was really nice and really kind. Had time for everybody, and okay, even signed. Um, even he just had a daughter, the patron, and James. Okay. James signed a thing to, to his daughter, and he couldn't be nicer. What? You know, he said, but then, yeah, then I remembered it was James Cracknell, not James Haskell, and I felt a lot better. <laughs> 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 oh, thank God for that. That's that's good. So, what is what is his sort of long term brain damage then? What, what, what? He's still trying to improve. He's he's so obsessed with it, with progress and improving. I think. I mean, it's actually been a few months since I read the book. Okay. But um, I think his doctor said 
sort of two and a half years after your recovery, that's where you'll be for the rest of your life. And actually, he's continued to improve and progress. So now he does charity yeah. events to raise money for traumatic brain injury charities. So he's still rowing okay. stuff. He's still very, very fit. He still sets himself these crazy endurance targets. I mean, and they are extraordinary endurance targets, the, some of the things he does. Things that you would just assume were completely impossible. So yeah, he just does that. And he, you know, he used to write a column for The Telegraph and things like this. And he went back to university. It's an interesting book, but you won't have read anything like it ever before. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, and you follow us on social medias, pick a video, right? Pick one of our Instagram videos and stick it on upwards of two of your WhatsApp groups with your mates, with, I don't know, the people you coach football with, the people you go to uh, hot yoga with. I don't know what people do. Your running club. I, I have no idea what. So the people you go to the pub with, whatever your mates groups are, stick on two of our videos. One of our videos. Something that you think is great. Maybe from one of the guest episodes. Because that way, people who've never heard of us before will get to hear of us. And I, I, that's probably a great way of doing this. If you can't afford to um, subscribe to us on patreon.com slash distantpod, and I know a lot of you can't at the moment, and I'm not going to give you some heavy pressure and make you feel bad because you shouldn't feel bad. If you haven't got the money, you haven't got the money. That's perfectly cool, all right? But if you can spread the word about us, then that will really help us. It'll increase our listenership. and We will then get 0.001 penny every time someone listens to an advert or something like that, all right? It'll just it'll help us out. So it'd be fantastic if you could do that. If not, that's fine. If you find a pint-sized Distant Pond episode that you think is brilliant, Stick that on your social media. Just one tweet, one Facebook post with a link to one of the uh, pint-sized Distant Pod episodes. That can influence someone and make someone listen to our podcast just once, and that'll be fine. And I reckon if they listen to it once, they're going to like it, and they're going to stay with us. Thank you very much for listening this week. We love you, and we will be back with another one of these next Wednesday. ta ra